Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you're here. We have part two of Signs and Tongues, part two of Signs and Tongues. So if you missed part one, make sure you go and listen to that. It's on a different subject. We're dealing mostly with signs, um, but you want to see that. The Jews and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and Herod, all, all of them wanted a sign. And Jesus said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, and he left them and departed. I don't have to have a sign. I have the word. I have the Bible. And um, and so if you didn't hear that, make sure you go and do that. So I'm not going to go through that whole lesson, but please listen to it if you haven't. Today, we're going to be dealing with tongues, okay? It's amazing, that old uh, quote from uh, Joseph Goebbels of... Uh, Germany, if you tell a lie big enough, keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. It's amazing what's happened with tongues. The Charismatics and Pentecostals have talked so much about tongues and defined it in their sense that so many of God's people now believe it's that way. We're going to look at what it is um, and if it is what's right and what happens. So remember sound doctrine, okay? Theme ought to be in all of our doctrine. It's sound doctrine. What is that? There's no holes in it. This ship is sound. There are no holes in it. That's what we want with our doctrine. We want to make sure our doctrine is sound. If there are holes in the doctrine, it's not sound doctrine. It's not true. It's false doctrine, okay? This is a big topic, and literally, we could do a long series about it. I'm going to try to cover the basics of the tongues here. If you have a question that I don't cover, email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com, and uh, we'll put those questions together and try to answer those, okay? So remember, the Bible is our authority in what? All matters of faith and practice, okay? What we believe and what we do. So the Bible is our authority over what we learned, how we grew up, what we saw, listen, and over what we felt. 
I can give you a feeling, okay? Satan can give you a feeling, but the Bible is our authority. I mentioned this in the last one also, but the toughest group of people that I've ever witnessed to are the ones that are have this feeling, they've seen this, they felt this, and I can show them from the Bible what the Bible says, and it is irrefutable, but they say, here it is, once we get down to it, I don't care what the Bible says, I know what I felt. I don't care what the Bible says, I know what I felt. And that is scary, dangerous. The Bible's the authority, not what you felt. You want a feeling? I can give you a feeling, okay? But it doesn't mean it's from God. The Bible is our authority. Make sure you understand that, okay? First mention, anytime you want to look at something, look in the first mention. Tongue, Genesis 10, 5, first time it's mentioned. Uh, By these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, every one after his tongue, after their families and their nations. After their what? Their language. Okay, they were divided after their language. Genesis 10 verse 20, these are the sons of Ham after their families, after their tongues in their countries and in their nations. So tongue means language, okay? Tongue means language. Definition, a spoken language. A manner or quality of utterance with respect to tone or sound, the sense of what is expressed, the intention of the speaker, okay? It's your tongue. What is your native tongue? And they tell you, what's your native language? That's the word. That's the definition. So the charismatics have made it to be some crazy ecstatic utterance that I don't know what I'm saying or some, quote, heavenly prayer language. We'll talk about that. That's what they've made it to be, and that's not what a tongue means. A tongue is a language, all right? An unknown tongue is very simply a language that is unknown to me. That's what an unknown tongue is. An unknown tongue is not a language that's totally made up that makes no sense. That's not, well, yeah, that's a heavenly prayer language. Only God knows that. That is not what that means, and we'll look at that. So Spanish, German, um, all the languages are unknown. I barely know English, okay? I lived in Korea for five years. I think I know five words. Um, And so an unknown tongue is simply a language that is unknown to us. How hard is that? Why have we made this some crazy, crazy thing that is not biblical any way in the world, okay? So that's when you first find tongues, Acts chapter 2, of course, um, talking about the Holy Spirit being given. So we're going to look at that. And by the way, it's amazing. If you want to do tongues, why isn't this what people do? Acts 2 verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. Huh. How, how many times have you been in services where that happened? I'm sure some people say that that has, but a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. You ever seen that? This is the Bible. Tongues being mentioned. Okay, here it is. So it was a rushing mighty wind. No, we don't, we can't reproduce that one. And the cloven tongues of fire, we can't reproduce that one either. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, what is that? with other languages. They began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man, here we go, heard them speak in his own language. Heard them speak in his own language. That was tongues. In Acts chapter 2, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, um, the men spake in their language and the people heard them in their own language. Verse 7, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear every man in our own tongue, our own language, 
wherein we were born. No one can deny that's what happened. Now, by the way, can God still do that today? Absolutely. Has God done that before? I believe he has. I grew up First Baptist Church of Hammond, but the house tells a story, a Chinese lady, no one could speak Mandarin. Um, they tried to find somebody who could speak. They didn't. Bus captain tried to tell her, I'm just going to tell you, spoken English. She ah, ah, she heard in her tongue, uh, led her to Christ. She got saved after that. He started talking about something else. Maybe she was gone. She didn't get it. Can God do that? Absolutely. Has God done that before? I believe he has, okay? I don't believe that the power of God is limited, and I don't believe that these things uh, uh, have to end. Tongues shall cease. The Bible talks about that. Um, But I don't believe that has to be, especially now. But you don't see this going on, okay? This gift of tongues, hey, if you want that, where you're speaking in one language, they're hearing you in another, wow, what a great tool that would be. So, We hear them in our own language, and it goes through all of those uh, different languages there, okay? What a miracle. To get the gospel to those people, God did that. To show as a sign that the gospel is going to other nations, as the Old Testament says, okay? This is a sign for them that believe not. We'll get into that. And uh, also, why did God do this? I believe so they could get a perfect copy, a translation of the Bible into other languages translated by the, here we go, Holy Spirit, inspired. Imagine you need a copy um, you are from Pergia and we speak a different language there. Uh, but I need a copy of the word of God in my language. Go ahead and speak and write it down. And guess what you have? A perfect inspired by the Holy Spirit, translated by the Holy Spirit, copy of the word of God. Wow. I believe they had that. And by the way, it says there, there was every uh, nation under heaven. Okay, Uh, every nation under heaven was there. What a great time to do that. So God used that. Hey, let's get all these people saved, baptized. Let's get them the word of God. Let them go back to their places and spread it. No, every nation didn't care about it. Every nation didn't keep up with it, Um, but they had that. Okay, so uh, that's the first time. They spoke in their language. People heard them in their language. What a beautiful thing. Next time, Acts chapter 10. And while yet, uh, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. And many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues, languages, and magnify God, and then answered Peter. So they heard them speak with tongues. And this is, when we get into 1 Corinthians 14, um, these tongues are a sign to them that believe not. The Jews rejected the Messiah, okay? Paul wanted his own people saved, and he would have plucked out his eyes if he could. He would have wished himself to be a curse for them, um, but they didn't accept it. So he said, I go to the Gentiles. This was a sign given in the Old Testament that when men with other tongues, other languages started speaking about our God, Jehovah God, um, Elohim God, uh, when they start speaking the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these Gentile nations, you will know that you rejected it, and it's now gone to them. It was a sign for them to be able to have that. That's what God did. And so it's not a crazy, ecstatic utterance that you don't know what you're speaking. It is a language. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, it's amazing. And by the way, I grew up with this. Um, we I was saved in Southern Baptist Church when we moved from Tennessee to Iowa. Southern Baptist Church was dead. We ended up at American Baptist Church. But we were all the time visiting whatever church I could find that may have some life in it. We were often at the Assemblies of God. Okay, We're often there. It had 
awesome life. We didn't join. Dad didn't believe what they said, but I've been there and in the services where they had tongues often, okay, often saw that. It's amazing that people that believe this believe everybody needs to have tongues. Everybody. Yeah, it is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I talked about that last time. We're looking for some kind of sign to confirm that, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm saved. I spoke with tongues. I got the Holy Spirit. No, the confirmation, the security that we need is what the Word of God says. I don't need a sign to confirm that. I've got the Word of God that says, I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saved. That's what I have. And so but it's amazing how they say, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody, the um, way you show that you were filled with the Holy Spirit is you speak in tongues. And boy, even if... The tongues they talk about is right. That's wrong. Uh, According to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. There are differences, okay? There are diversities. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all, okay? Every man that's saved has a gift of the spirit. God gives him. For to one uh, by the spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. Diverse, what's that? Different. Different kinds of tongues, different kinds of what? Languages. Some people, their gift of the Spirit is they are able to have different kinds of tongues. We'll talk about what that is. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh the one and selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Okay? So do all have the same gifts? No. And again, what they're talking about with tongues is not the understanding of tongues. We'll get into that. But understand first what they're saying sound doctrine, holes in it, they teach you, oh, yeah, yeah, here's how you do this. And they go through all these steps to lay hands and start talking and just saying words, and you got it, you got it. Um, no, you don't. And by the way, I'm not going to do it for this recording. I don't want anyone to take it and, and, um, and try to use it wrongly. But speaking in the tongues like the way they do, anybody can do it. Get in a room by yourself and just start rattling off crazy words that don't make sense together. Throw in some things the way you think a Chinese or a Japanese person would talk. Throw in a few Kawasaki's and <laughs> Mitsubishi's and, and things there. And guess what? Boy, you got it. You got it. Okay. Um, again, I'm not going to do it on this recording, but I've done that. Anyone can do that. That is not the gift of tongues. It has nothing to do with that. Okay. Nothing to do with that. But to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, different kinds of language, to another, the interpretation. So some people have a gift to speak in a different language. Some people have a gift to understand a language and they're different that these all work in the self-same spirit okay and then at the end of the chapter it goes through it again um, um, and verse 28 and God has set some in the church first apostles secondarily prophets third teachers after that miracles then gifts of healing helps governments diversities of tongues are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers are all workers of miracles have all the gifts of healing do all speak with tongues do all interpret but covet earnestly the best gifts yet show I unto you a more excellent way. So again, do all have the same thing? Absolutely not. Again, what they're doing in tongues is not what they're talking about here. But even if it was, do all have that? No. But most of them are teaching every person that's saved. It's the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to have to get to tongues. Sound doctrine? No. Holes in it? Absolutely. By the way, when you see a hole like that, I mean, that's a hole you could drive a car through. Done. Wrong. They're not teaching the right thing. That's all we should have to have.
They're saying everybody needs to have that. And the Bible says no. Everyone has different gifts, okay? And so they all don't have that. Um, so now let me give you something I've not heard, but I want you to think with me, okay? These gifts, okay? These gifts that they just said, all right? Um, and so um, uh, teachers, gift of teaching, miracles, healing, helps, government, uh, tongues. Um, so are all these something that you automatically have in full when you first get saved? I got saved at eight, almost nine years old, okay? So if I have the gift of uh, helps or governments, if I have that gift, was I given that fully at eight? I got saved at eight. Or is that something that God gave me, but yet I'm going to grow in that? What do you think? Okay. Uh, I think I know. I think we're going to grow in that. How come? Wisdom. Okay. Gift of wisdom. Um so is that something at eight that I had all of that wisdom at eight? Or is it something that I would grow and learn in? I believe it's something we grow and learn in. Uh, how do you know that? Luke 5, he went in stature, he also grew and increased in wisdom. All right. Wisdom, one of the gifts, one of the spiritual gifts. So if God gave me the spiritual gift of wisdom, when I got saved and I got the Holy Spirit, it's one of the gifts of the Spirit, did I get it all at eight years old or am I going to grow with that? Same thing, faith, okay? Uh, so faith is one of the um, things that are mentioned here. Um, and so do we have all of that when we uh, get saved right away? Or is that something that we grow in? Okay. Um, and so it's something we grow in because we know um, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more word of God we have, the more faith we can have uh, to be able to um, be able to have that. So this is something that we grow in. Now, I said that to say this in tongues, in tongues, is this something at a true biblical spiritual gift of tongues. Is this something that we automatically get downloaded Spanish or German or Chinese? Is it we something we get a gift automatically for this language? Or is it something that God gives us the ability to learn languages or the ability to interpret and understand a language? Okay, just like I grow in faith and I grow in wisdom and I grow in administration or governments or whatever, I believe the tongues is something you're going to grow and learn in, but you have an affinity for that. There's some people you're around like, wow, they have a lot of wisdom. Can they get more wisdom? Absolutely. Wow, they have a lot of organizational gifts and tools. That's, can they build and grow on that? Absolutely. Well, those are gifts of the spirit. Tongues, the same thing. There are people <laughs> that I have met that are amazing to learn languages. They have a brain gifted, given to them, a gift of the spirit to learn languages. I know people, yeah, this summer I'm gonna learn another language. You're what? You're gonna learn another language? But there are other people, and you heard them say this, they go, yeah, I don't speak it really well, but I understand it and I can explain it. How come? One has a gift of speaking in the languages, the other has a gift of interpreting the languages. It's a separate gift in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's something you learn, but you are predisposed. You have a learning gift to be able to have that. I don't have that. I spent a year in a foreign country, a year, 365 days. Every day I was around um, this other language, okay? How many words do I know? <laughs> 
four or five, okay? I know like the terms to call people, okay? Odyssey, that's an old man. Um, Egia, that's a kid. Uh, Ajama, that's an old lady. And um, young girl, there's another one. Um, anyway, so I, I know those. And then Kinsamnida, thank you. Anihaseo, that's hello. And that's it, <laughs> okay? That's my year in a foreign language of Korea. Um, Malcolm, I do not have that spiritual gift of understanding and learning languages or interpreting of those languages. By the way, if God is going to send people to a foreign language, wouldn't it be foreign nation? Wouldn't it be great to have the gift to be able to learn a language quickly? If God's going to send them to do that? Absolutely. Again, tongues is language. Just like you're going to grow in wisdom. Just like you have a word of knowledge, you have a gift of knowledge, you're going to grow in knowledge. You don't have all that right away, okay? Um, You're going to grow in all of that. Organization, governments, helps, whatever the gift is, you don't have it all. I saved it four, saved it eight, saved it 10, saved it 12. You don't have all of that right away. You're going to grow and learn in that. The same thing for tongues. And no one teaches that. But why don't we apply that to all the other ones? Why don't we apply it to that, okay? Um, And so anyway, it makes great sense when you understand what the gift really is. It doesn't make sense if you explain it the way they do because you're going to just have it all, okay? Um, So um, how hard is that to understand? Some people have a gift and ability to learn languages. Some people have a gift and ability to learn how to understand so they can interpret. I don't know how many people, hey, can you speak this? I'm not good at speaking it, but I understand it real well and I can explain to you what they're saying. Why? How can they understand it but not speak it? Because one has a gift of interpreting and the other has a gift of speaking. A language, okay, a known language. So here are the two basic definitions, okay? One is, this is your heavenly prayer language. You're going to speak in some tongue. You don't know what you're saying. It's an ecstatic utterance. Or in church, you're going to speak this thing and you don't know what you're saying, but somebody else is going to understand it and tell everybody what they said, okay? That's one definition. Or it's a gift, an ability to learn or an ability to interpret a language to help get out the gospel. Okay, it's one of those two. So how do we know which one? Real simple. Read the Bible and put in each definition and see which one fits. Okay, that's how you do it. If you want to see if something is defined correctly or not, then put it in to be able to explain that. Put in the definition, take that word out, put in the other definition and see if it fits. And you realize that's not a good. On my repentance lesson, when we talk about that, some people say repentance is to turn from sin. Okay, let's put that definition in, said repent. And God repented and God turned from his sin. Ding, ding. Okay, that doesn't fit. It can't be the right definition. Amen. Same thing here. We have two definitions. It's the heavenly prayer language, something I don't know what I'm saying. It's an ecstatic utterance. I'm saying it and somebody else is telling me what I said. Okay? It's either that or it's a gift and ability to learn a language or to interpret a language to help get out the gospel. All right. So let's see. First Corinthians chapter one. I'm uh, sorry. Chapter 14, verse one. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse number one. And we are going to go through this whole chapter and look at what it says and, um, and apply that. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. Desire them. But rather that you may prophesy. Okay. And prophesy isn't necessarily knowing the future is being able to preach, to take the word of God, to prophesy, to preach the word of God. For he that speaketh in a quote, unknown tongue, An unknown tongue is a language that I don't know. This is the heavenly prayer language verse. And when you see this, if you've ever thought, okay, that may be a heavenly prayer language, 
Amazing. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Here's what happens. In our church, somebody comes in and they're German and they want to give a testimony in German. And so they get up in Germany. In German. Okay. Does anybody know what he's saying? No. Can anybody interpret what he's saying? No. So besides him, who was the only person in church who knew what he was saying? God. That's it. That's the quote heavenly prayer language. This is the verse where they get it from. If someone's speaking in an unknown tongue, you don't know what the tongue is. They're not edifying or building or helping anybody because the only person that understands that is God. Does God know all the languages? He does. So who's the only person who understood what he was saying? God. That right there is the verse for the heavenly prayer language, and that's the understanding of it. Wow. It's amazing how many people spend this time going through, and you could do it. I can do it. Okay, I got it. I'm just praying in tongues. I'm praying in tongues, and God understands what I'm saying. God understands. You're not making any sense at all. You don't know what you're saying, and you're not even speaking in a language that makes any sense at all. That's not a heavenly language, but that's what they get it from, okay? He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. If nobody knows the language you're speaking, then men aren't getting it, but unto God. Who's the only person you're speaking to? God. God's the only one that understands it. For no man understandeth him, how be it in the spirit? He speaketh mysteries. Nobody understands it. It's a mystery what he's saying. Verse three, but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification. Edification is building up and exhortation, encouraging them and comforting them. So prophesying, when you preach in the language that they know, you preach the word of God, you're edifying, you're exhorting and comforting. Verse four, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Is that a good thing to do? But he that prophesied edified the church. You're building up yourself. Oh, wow, he knows another language. Oh, wow, you're edifying yourself. But you're not edifying or helping anybody because nobody knows what you're saying except God because he knows all the languages. Verse five, I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues. Again, tongues is languages. Please make sure you do not let them define the word. Tongue is a language. He said, I would that y'all speak with languages, but rather that you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with languages, with other languages, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. So if that person that spoke in Germany, in German, and someone says, yeah, I speak German, uh, he said, um, last week we had a revival in Germany, 30 people got saved, a bunch of people got baptized, it was exciting, um, great, thank you. Now the church was edified because we had somebody that could interpret his tongue, his language. That's all that that is. Verse six, now brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, languages, what shall I profit you? except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophecy or by doctrine. If I come speaking in another language and you don't know what I'm saying, it's not going to help you. The only way it's going to help you is if I'm giving you revelation, knowledge, prophecy, or doctrine. And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? If you're saying some crazy words, you don't even know what you're saying, and how in the world is that going to help anything or anybody? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the day of battle? You're in battle, they got a trumpeter, da 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 charge, let's go, okay? It gives the certain sound so we know what to do. 
So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. Okay? This is not, oh yeah, yeah, you need to speak with tongues in this ecstatic crazy utterance that nobody knows what you're saying. No, that's not it at all. Um, Verse 10, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. So how do you know we're talking about languages in the world? He just defined it. If you have a question about anything, look at the Bible, keep reading. There are so many kinds of voices in the world, so many languages in the world, and none of them is without signification. If this is some crazy ecstatic utterance that nobody knows what we're saying, then that would be put in here. That's not. What this is put in here is the voices and languages of the world. That is the context definition of this. For you to say it's something else is totally to go against the Bible. These are languages that are known in the world. Verse 10 just said that. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I don't know that language, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Hey, when you hear somebody speaking a language, you don't know what they're talking about, especially if it's like an Arabic or a German, it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of those things in it, like, ooh, wow, <laughs> what do they sound like? A barbarian. That's what we think. And if they don't know our language, we sound like a barbarian. Even so ye, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Edifying, building up the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Here you go. So if you know a language that most people don't know, pray that you can be an interpreter so you can interpret somebody when they come to give a testimony in that language. Verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, Again, an unknown language. My spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. If I'm praying in a language I don't know, I'm not getting anything out of it at all. What is it then? If I pray with the spirit and if I pray with the understanding also. Friends, okay, can you read Spanish? You can sound out the syllables and read Spanish. All right, I'm reading the Spanish prayer, but I'm reading it. It's a language that I don't know and understand. Okay, I'm praying, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm reading it, okay? I'm reading these Spanish words and I can sound it out, but I don't know what I'm saying. My understanding is fruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. How in the world is it okay to pray in an ecstatic utterance that I don't even know what I'm saying? This is exactly the opposite of that. If I speak or sing, or pray, I'm going to do it in something that I understand, in a language that I understand. You understand the, quote, church back in England, uh, when they spoke English, um, they didn't want to speak English. The Catholic church controlled them and made them speak Latin. They learned Latin. They could say Latin prayers. They could say the Latin mass. They had no idea what they were saying. They didn't do it with understanding. Do you understand that? The Islam today, they don't want you to do the prayers in Islam or in English. They want you to do it in Arabic because that's the holy language. That's the language of Allah. And they want you to do it. So they're quoting these words. They don't know what it's saying because they don't know Arabic. They know how to pronounce it, but they don't have an understanding. Okay. When we pray, when we sing, you want to do it in a language that you understand. If you look at this and compare what they say, two definitions, this is static, crazy, utter and assembly, prayer language, I don't know what I'm saying, or 
a gift to understand, to learn the language, or to interpret the language so I can help people for God. Put in those two definitions. Read this by yourself. Get out your Bible. Go through 1 Corinthians 14. Look at both of those definitions and put them in at every verse. You're going to get done with that and go, oh, wow. We've been sold a lie about what these tongues are, okay? Um, Verse 16, else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? Here's somebody that hasn't learned that language, and you're praying in this tongue that they don't understand. How do they know when to say amen? (laughs) You don't know what they're saying. You ever been in a church and they ask someone to pray and they're farther away in the auditorium from you and they're praying real real soft and you can't really hear them and you don't hear that amen at the end? You don't know when you're dismissed. You're peeking, looking up, seeing if anyone's moving around. It's almost the same thing. You don't know what they're saying. You don't know that language. How can you know if you're unlearned in that language? You don't know when to say amen. (laughs) Have to give me a thanks. Verse 17, for thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God. I speak with, here we go tongues, languages more than y'all. Does he? Follow Paul's missionary journeys and see where he went. See how learned Paul, Paul was, how many languages he spoke. He spoke with languages more than anybody. How come? Because he's always in other countries. I live in Columbia, Tennessee. Guess what we speak here? Hillbilly, okay? Uh, there's some people that speak Spanish and some other languages, but I'm hardly ever around that. There's no need for that. I don't need, if uh, I did know languages, to use those. Paul did because Paul went to preach in all these places. He speaks in tongues and languages more than them all. Boy, talk about this next verse. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding. What's that? Here we go. Jesus loves you and me. Five words. That's it. I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. 10,000 words in a language that you don't know. If he's speaking in a Roman church that knows Latin and he comes in and speaks Greek and they don't know Greek, then wow, get up and say five words and sit down, then 10,000 words in a language they don't understand. Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. (laughs) I love that. Be childish in malice, don't know how to hurt people. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will they uh, not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, that's what I told you about, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. For prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Okay? With men with other tongues. This is prophesied in the Old Testament. It is written, when men with other tongues, with other languages, when they're preaching the word of God, you're going to know you rejected. The tongues are a sign to the people that rejected Jesus, the gospel, the good news, the word of God, Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh, everyone, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has now been passed because you rejected him. That's what it is. The tongues are for a sign to who? To the Jews. When they heard other people speaking, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know the sign came and you rejected him. That's it. Oh, yeah, tongues are a sign to all the unbelievers. They can come in and see you speaking some crazy tongue. No, they're going to think you're a barbarian. They're not going to know what you're doing at all. They're going to think you're crazy. Okay? Um, That's what the next verse says. If therefore the whole church be come together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in one that are unlearned, Again, this is an unlearned language. Or unbelievers, will they not say that ye are mad? They're crazy. These people are crazy. What are they talking? What are they doing? But if all prophesy, 
preach the word of God. They're coming one that believeth not, or one unlearned. He is convinced of all. He is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Okay? What a beautiful thing. How clear is that to be able to see? This is a learned language. Okay? And some people have learned and know it and can speak it and interpret it. But I would rather you not. Now, the last is the order and confusion. And boy, another way to show holes holes, holes in this doctrine. And I've been in these services. If you haven't, that's good. If you have been in them, you'll see this. When I talk to people that have been in these services, they go, yep, yep, yep. None of it's done. If it is true, then it would have to line up with the word of God. Amen. If it's right, it would have to line up with the word of God. And it does not. So look at the way they say it has to be. Verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, let all things be done unto edifying. Okay, so they come to church, and I want to give a testimony in this language. I want to tell about this. I got a revelation. I got a psalm. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, in an unknown language, okay, by the way, you go look at Corinth. This is where the church was, this was dealt with. There's no other place where it's dealt with like this. The church of Corinth was a merchant city. You had one Christian church, everyone coming in and out with the ships there. Christians from other places would come to that church, want to give a testimony. That's great. But he said, wanted to make sure um, uh, this is how it's done. So if there's someone comes in with an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three and that by course, and let one interpret. Okay, so if somebody comes in in another language, and they want to give a testimony, okay, um, well, let me read the next verse. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the churches, and let him speak to himself and to God. Okay, there's the heavenly prayer language again. If you're speaking a language, and we don't have an interpreter, then who's the only person who knows what you're saying? Okay, you, let him speak to himself and to God. Can you pray in another language uh, that you know? Can God hear it? Absolutely. And it's natural. Got a Nigerian friend. Anytime he gets excited, he starts going off in his native tongue, his native language. He's excited about God. <laughs> like, wait, wait, hold on. What did you just say? Uh, he's excited. And that happens in the Bible. Uh, you get excited, you get saved, you start talking in your native tongue and language because that's how you express yourself and your feelings. You don't have to think about that language. It just comes out. And so if somebody comes in in an unknown language, okay, all right, First of all, okay, who, you, uh, D Germany, okay, where, Germany, okay, all right, three at the most, two, all right, three at the most, hold on, do we have someone, can anybody here interpret German? Yes, we have somebody, okay, all right, go ahead, first you, okay, oh, good, what do you say? Awesome, great, okay, and you, oh, that's amazing, what, what do you say? At the most two, or by three, and that by course, you first, then you, then you, and let one interpret, that's it. I have been in a dozen plus Charismatic services where people spoke in tongues. Guess how many times it was like that? Never. Never. But wait, that's how God said it's supposed to be. Let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn, all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. Hey, that's how it's to be done. That's not confusing. 
somebody wants to give a testimony, okay? Hey, before church, so-and-so's here from this place. So-and-so's here from, okay, we need two. Okay, the most free. Can somebody interpret? Yes, he can. All right, great. And then you call on them from the service. Why? Because you want everything to be done. The last verse in here, decently in an order, you want everything to be done without confusion. Um, next verse, 34, here we go. <laughs> Let me ask you this before you get to this verse. In these charismatic churches, who speaks with tongues the most, men or women? Who speaks with tongues the most, men or women? This is a context, okay? Verse 34, he just said, by two or three, let one interpret. God's not there out of confusion. Verse 34, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience as saith the law. If any will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. What? Came the word of God out from you or came it um, unto you only? So, wait, who speaks in tongues more? All the ones I've been to is women more. God says not to. Holes, sound doctrine? Huh, that's the context. Does it mean a woman can't sing in church or can't talk when she opens, when she comes into the door? No. But they did not. Paul, Bible, here it is, okay, at two or three talk, let one person interpret, and they need to be men, not women. Why? Ask God. <laughs> okay? Ask God. That's what God said. <gasps> wow, is that the way it is? Is that what you see? Oh, you're just a male chauvinist. You're just misogynist. No, I just happen to believe the Bible. That's what the Bible says. And that's what we're supposed to go by. Okay? Uh, verse 37. We're almost done. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Commandments, okay? But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Whether brethren, wherefore brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Okay, if somebody comes in and wants to speak and they do it the Bible way, they're a man, two or three and one interpret it, don't forbid that, let them, absolutely. And then the last verse, let all things be done decently and in order. Very simple, very easy. In Sunday school the other day, I taught about this, and uh, we have a couple of brothers. They grew up on a mission field in Papua New Guinea, and they speak uh, pidgin. And so um, I had them ready for this. And so um, uh, the one man uh, raised his hand, and said, "Yes, speaking in pidgin." Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Do we have someone that can interpret that? Um, and the brother, yes, I can. All right, go ahead. He gave his testimony. The other brother interpreted it. You just saw biblical tongues in church. Okay, have another guy who's a missionary to Brazil and uh, speak Portuguese. And so, da 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 da, he raises his hand. What, you want to give a testimony in Portuguese? Yes. Okay. Can anybody here speak Portuguese? Can you interpret that? No? No? I'm sorry, sir. We don't have anyone that can interpret that. You're not going to be able to speak in that unknown tongue. We don't have an interpreter for that. Biblical tongues. Okay? Biblical tongues. That's what it is. How hard is that? Why is this some crazy, ecstatic, I don't know why we're looking for some sign to give us some security. Okay, we're safe. No. So I believe most of the time, this is something that we are creating ourselves. Anybody can do it. You start doing this, especially with the music and the excitement and people around you and everybody else is saying it. You start copying what they're saying and you get it. You got it. You got it. And then you just repeat that. And now you're doing it alone by yourself. And this is your prayer, heavenly prayer language. I believe most of it's that way. And if you've ever been around that, then you can learn to quote, do that. Some is demonic. Okay. Some is demonic. If you are sitting there and out of the blue, something comes out of your mouth and you didn't do it, you didn't control it, you didn't plan it, you don't know what you said, that's not the Holy Spirit of God. 
Holy Spirit of God does not do that, never has done that, okay? Um, that's not what that is. Um, I had a pastor um, years ago, and he went to one of these services and with a missionary friend of his, and he told me the story personally, that um, in the middle of the service, this woman started speaking in this ecstatic utterance language. And uh, and the missionary with him said, hey, let's go, let's go, I want to leave. He goes, no, no, I want to I see this. He goes, no, I'm telling you, let's go. No, no, I want to see this. Pastor Todd said, well, okay, we have a word tonight in the spirit. Gift of tongues, we need an interpreter. We need an interpreter. Wait, 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 wait. Need an interpreter. Didn't have one, didn't have one. Finally, after minutes, we can't go on the service until somebody interprets this word from God. So finally, some woman said, uh, he, they, uh, she said, God is love, God is wonderful, something like that. Okay, they went on with the service. Missionary told my pastor, let's go. And so they left. He said, I knew what they were saying. I could interpret that. Where I'm a missionary at, we speak that language. I knew every word they were saying. They cursed God, cursed the Bible, cursed the church, and sat down. And the person interpreted it as God is love, God is wonderful. Okay? Sometimes it's demonic. Sometimes it's emotional, created, um, hyped up, and things there. Um, but it's not Bible. If it was Bible, then it would line up in 1 Corinthians 14. God took a whole chapter to talk about this, to make sure it was done right. Do you think God knew that there'd be some people that would take it wrong and do it wrong? Absolutely. So God made it very clear. If you're going to speak with an unknown, unknown tongue, unknown language, then this is how it has to be done, okay? By the way, the rest of it, I'm not going to read these, but in Revelation, tongues are mentioned probably six or seven times. And every time, it's talking about nations, kindreds, people, and tongues, okay? It lists nations, kindreds, peoples, and tongues. It just means languages, okay? All the way through, tongues are languages. An unknown tongue is a language that I don't know. Okay, that's it. It's a language that I don't know. It is never a crazy, ecstatic utterance that I don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes they're excited, they got saved, they started speaking in their language um, that the other people didn't know. They're excited, great, easy to do. Acts chapter two, it was they spoke in their language and the people heard him in their own language. Pretty amazing, okay? I hope that helps. Now, if I didn't cover your question, feel free, email me, email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com. But let's focus on the most important thing, preaching, prophesying, giving the plan of salvation, showing people how to go to heaven, the fullness of the Spirit. In Acts 1, you shall be what? Witnesses unto me. Let's spend time witnessing, not searching for some crazy, crazy thing. I'll end with this. I don't know if I should, but I, like I said, I grew up, I was around this and I want all of God. I want everything that God has for me. If there's a second blessing, I want it. If there's a fullness of the Holy Spirit, gifting that would come with an ecstatic utterance of tongues, I want that. My freshman year of Bible college, I um, went down to Tennessee to stay, stay with a grandmother and adopt a grandmother so I could make sure my friends and family were saved that lived down here. And so it was a great time, spiritual, neat, just uh, trusting God by faith. Didn't work a job. Um, um, I just spent my time. I had a list of all the friends and family. Got to see a bunch of people saved. and and But I took two weeks and just went... Um, went with God. And so um, I was single and didn't need anything. And so I had a little pup tent, my Bible and a notebook. My dad had a farm that was renting out and uh, 250 acres. And so uh, the people that were renting, I told them what I was going to do and put my little pup tent up. And for two weeks, uh, just beside a creek, I just spent there with God. That's all I did. Two weeks. Read the Bible, prayed, uh, read the Bible and prayed, read the Bible and prayed. Amazing time. Um, two weeks of that. And I was praying sincerely, 
of God, anything you have. God, I want it. God, I want your fullness. God, I want your spirit. God, I want your power. God, I want to be used. God, I want wisdom. God, I need you. I can't do this. I'm going into ministry. I'm going to be serving you. And I, and God, I need your strength. I need your power. Two weeks fasting, not one bite of food. By the way, I'd never been taught about a long fast before. <laughs> After three days, I was thinking, I wonder if I ought to be drinking something. <laughs> and I felt like, yeah, I probably need to be drinking something. So there was a spring-fed creek right by where I was. So I started drinking the water. <laughs> I found out later, after three days, you die. <laughs> so I'm glad God led me to drink. But I went three days without drinking or eating. And then I just drank the rest of the time, two weeks out in the woods, just with a pump tent, my Bible, a notebook, and prayer. Asking God for everything. God, if this tongues, by the way, I hadn't done all this study. I didn't know that. I grew up seeing it. God, if this tongues is real and that, God, I want that. I want everything that you want for me. I don't know many people that spent two weeks just in the woods with a Bible and a notebook and prayer saying, God, I want everything that you have and want for me. Great spiritual truth, lots of wisdom, lots of knowledge, lots of things I believe God did and grew me in the gifts that he gave me. Uh, but there was never an ecstatic, crazy, out-of-the-body experience of tongues uh, like this world has. And, um, and so um, there's a lot of it that's done. It's just wrong. And it's a counterfeit of the true being filled with the spirit of witnessing and preaching and prophesying and edifying and building people and building the church. It's a false one to focus on these signs so we can feel good and have this feeling. And again, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. The sign is for the people that unbelieve the Jews. Wow. It was prophesied. People with other tongues are going to take this truth and gospel and go around the world. And we're going to miss it because we reject a Messiah. And they did. That's what this was. All right. If you got a question, email me. Let me know. Let me know how horrible and wrong this is. Uh, feel free. Share this. Pass it around. I believe the truths like this and understanding like this could help so many people not to get messed up in these doctrines because a lot of people have sincere people who want everything that God wants. Uh, I've got an aunt and uncle. They're very strong in these churches and, and talk to them a lot and pray for me and getting this gift and, and all that. I've been around it a lot. And, um, and the Bible is our authority. Make sure you stick with that. You will never go wrong. Hey, God bless you. And thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com.